0: You're listening to Uprising, the rebuilt student podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I am Allie, your host, and in today's Car Rides Worth of Content, we will be continuing our series LGBTQ Plus, specifically talking about being welcoming to this community. It's a big topic, but before we get into that, Daniel, as always, I would like to know what are you loving right now?
1: I love Ted Lasso. <laughs> You haven't watched it yet, right? I
0: haven't. I just got the, it's on Apple TV, right? It's on Apple TV. Yeah, I just got my father-in-law's login. So I'm going to have to start it soon. But everybody loves Ted Lasso.
1: Yeah, I was on the bandwagon before it won all the Emmys for Best Comedy. But it is, it's just a great show. It's kind of like other shows that we've liked in the past where you just fall in love with the characters. It's not the cleanest show, but Mm. I like it.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. I It is on my list. I will be watching that soon. I'm sure I will love it just as much as we loved Schitt's Creek. Yes.
1: <laughs> that, I think that's the first that time we've show. ever said that.
0: <laughs> no, we definitely have said that we loved that. We loved that show. Are we allowed Dude. to say that on this podcast? Yes. S-C-H-I-T-T. It's a last okay. name. Or no, it's not a last name. It's a town.
1: <laughs> it was somebody's. Anyway. Yeah. What are you loving?
0: (laughs) I am loving something we're doing as a staff here in our staff prayer. We're working through emotionally healthy relationships by, you're going to have to help me with his last name, Peter. Scazzaro. Scazzaro, okay. Scazzaro. I can see it, but I can't say it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been. I love doing this as a staff, but um, he also has emotionally healthy discipleship, which we've worked through, and it's a daily prayer practice. But they also there's a workbook that goes along with it, so we meet in small groups um, within our staff each week. Um, but this one with relationships is just really cool already. Getting into it, I'm practicing some of these. Things and means of communication with others—it's just interesting, and I think it'll challenge me. (laughs) It's
1: very practical. Yes,
0: yes, which I like. I like yes. So that is what I am loving. Well, we are so glad to be here with all of you today. We are in our second episode of our LGBTQ plus series. Now, this, as we said before, is a different and much heavier topic, and we realize that no matter what we say, not everyone will agree. It's a hot topic and it is for a reason, but that's why we need to talk about it. Jesus can speak into every aspect of our lives and especially the tough stuff. So that's what we're here for today.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think he's intimidated or worried about this topic? No but he may be, may be lovingly concerned because there are a lot of people that are mm-hmm. suffering out there. People who feel like they don't have a place at church, people who feel like no one understands them, people who are incredibly lonely because they feel like they can't talk to anybody about their struggles with sexuality or gender. And so that's why we're asking the question today, how welcoming are we? How welcoming are you at your parish?
0: And just asking that question might make you uncomfortable. I mean, what do you mean when you say, welcoming, Daniel. I mean, are we rolling out the red carpet to gay people? Are we using different pronouns for people if they ask? Are we allowing same-sex couples in our church? And yeah, it's those questions in a broader sense. But more than that, it's these questions. Does a teen at your church who needs to talk to someone about their sexuality have someone that they could actually talk to? Would you just be able to listen to a teen without trying to change their mind if they came out to you? Do you know anyone, speak to anyone, interact with anyone who identifies as LGBTQ?
1: And speaking broadly about ministry to all people, to have any hope of reaching people with the gospel, we have to know them. Mm-hmm. So even though our scriptures are written and we have so much that we could read about tradition in our church and it's all over social media, the gospel is still even in our age of technology, meant to be shared person to person. It's a verbal tradition. Mm -hmm. It's relational because that's how Jesus was. So he cared about the individual. He went to the woman at the well. He went to Zacchaeus. He sought them out. He didn't wait for them to come to him, but he disarmed them. He made them totally comfortable to share what was on their mind and heart. So are we doing that for people in our parishes, regardless of if they're LGBTQ or not? Are we able to offer that for people in our parishes? So I want to just share a story briefly about a teen that I had. I'm going to call him Bryce just to protect um, his identity. And he was at a previous parish where I worked. I really didn't know him. And somebody, one of our teens asked if I would meet with him. Bryce identified as gay and he had um, two dads. And he wanted to just ask me questions about what the church taught theologically. Now, like I said, I didn't have any sort of relationship. Bryce was not a regular attendee at our youth group or anything like that. His friend brought him and his friend came and sat with us one Sunday. Um, and I did my best to answer his questions, but I feel like he walked away frustrated still from that conversation partly because I didn't have any prior relationship with him. And then a few weeks, actually, I think it was months after that, I really hadn't talked to him otherwise, but I saw him at the graduation ceremony. Cause I had gone to see a bunch of our other teens that I knew. And just in the, the celebration afterwards, you're going through the crowd of grads and trying to find the people that you know. And I ran into him and he had this older guy with him. Yeah. Probably 10 or 15 years older. Yeah. And he introduced him as his boyfriend. Now I I knew that, that Bryce was gay. So I wasn't surprised to see him with another guy. I was surprised that the guy was so much older than he was. Um, and I did not react like I wish that I would have, I didn't say anything super offensive but I said something that kind of implied that he was older, not even purposefully, it's just sort of the words that came out of my mouth because <laughs> I was caught really off yeah. guard.
0: Mm-hmm. Not prepared.
1: Um, and it turned into this, You know, he kind of walked off in a huff and, <sighs> and sent me this email later on that he was so offended and this guy had been so good to him and how could I have judged him like that? And I felt so helpless. Like I think Bryce was probably, easily offended at that point. Mm -hmm. But in this whole experience, what it reminded me is that I needed to have a relationship with him before I started going into a topic like this. Mm -hmm. This is not a starting point for beginning a relationship with somebody, a a friendship um, of trying to get to know them. Um, And I don't feel like I did a good job of welcoming Bryce Mm -hmm. at church even though I was trying to be really open and honest and you know, start the conversation with them. And I'll tell you in a little bit what I wish I would have done differently in that whole experience.
0: Yeah, we can't always get it right. And for you, if you are a, a volunteer or you work in ministry, especially with teenagers, maybe you've had experiences like that of Daniel's or maybe you're holding your breath, hoping and just praying for the day that that comes, that you have the right words, but we can't always get it right. But the number one thing we can focus on, like Daniel said, is that relationship. You know, we wouldn't go up to anybody that we didn't really know and ask personal questions about them or <laughs> you think like that. So it's the same, especially in t- with teens in this um, really sensitive and vulnerable part of their lives that they're just learning and or exploring or struggling with or going through. We need that relationship first. But how do we learn from these experiences, from hearing others if you haven't had them yourselves or maybe what you've experienced in your own parish? How do we create safe places where teens can be honest? How do we truly welcome all teens with no conditions? We have three basic ideas for you. The first is listen. The second is go. And the third is talk. So first, listen more than you speak. Go. Go out and make yourself uncomfortable. And the third, talk. Create environments to talk about it. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into those. The first one, listen. The first thing we can do is simply listen. Listening is, well, simple, but it's not easy. This fall, Daniel started reading lots of books, some of which were in his Catholic wheelhouse, but many of which were not. He also went, talked to priests who started LGBTQ ministries at their churches. He went to one of the meetings. He talked to people who identify themselves as allies. He, did a, he didn't necessarily agree with everything that he was hearing. That wouldn't be a realistic expectation, We never agree on everything. So he spent time listening. He spoke very little. He tried to hear people's stories and get new perspective. That's not to toot your own horn though, Daniel, as amazing as I think you are and how great it was for you to do all that. You just wanted to say something plenty of times, but you resisted. The objective isn't to teach or to correct or affirm or anything else, it's to learn. And to learn, we have to listen. It's to empathize, ponder, and then reflect. Catholics tend to be really good at teaching and not as good at listening. Create a church where people feel heard because you and your team and everyone around them listens well. That's a huge step in being welcoming.
1: Yeah, it sounds really simple, like you said, but listening is not Easy, and we're not good at that.
0: No, I am example A of that. I like to talk (laughs) more than I listen.
1: (laughs) So make that a focus. Yes. To listen is the first thing that we can do, and simply to go is the second thing. So as part of my goal to learn as much as I I could this fall, I really wanted to push myself. And something I realized in the racial unrest that we saw uh, in the last couple of years was that I didn't make much of an effort in my life to have people of color around me. I realized that all of the studying that I was doing that I didn't have many LGBTQ people in my life either, other than maybe friends from college that I really am not around anymore, but they're friends with me on social media. So I wanted to be more like Jesus. I wanted to go to places where I could talk to LGBTQ plus people. I didn't do this to change them or to give them something that they didn't have before. I went to enrich myself. And so that's why, even if it made me uncomfortable to be the new guy in an LGBTQ Catholic group, I needed to go there. Not because I was ready to be an ally, not because I wanted to go and share the theology of the body with them, simply because I wanted to be with this group of people that was missing from my life and from my worldview. Jesus was the best at this. So where can you go? I knew uh, back in Boise, I knew a married heterosexual youth minister who went to a gay bar uh, from time to time. Wow. I had to really figure out how to work wow. that to make it anyway, to make that clear what he <laughs> yeah. was doing. That's probably farther than I'm ready to go right now. I have no idea how the conversations went when he would go wow. do that, but the effort to build bridges there is admirable. Mm-hmm. We need to go beyond our church walls expecting, instead of expecting people to come to us. That's part of welcoming.
0: Wow. That's crazy. That's awesome though. And the third, so as we said, listen, go, and then talk. So finally, you should be talking about LGBTQ issues. And I want to caveat and say, not gossiping, but talking with a purpose. You should be talking about sexuality and theology of the body and perspectives and differences and experiences with teens and with your parish. Create small groups and safe places to share. If that scares you, that's exactly why we need to be talking about it. In that LGBTQ group Daniel attended recently, there was only one of two or two out of 20 people who identified as LGBTQ themselves. The rest were parents of kids grown or still at home who weren't going to church anymore. That's what we risk if we can't talk about this with a lens of faith in Jesus for many young people it's the seminal issue that either gives the church and church people credibility to speak into their lives or not so start a conversation between people don't avoid it
1: yeah one bright idea that we're going to end with today um which really relates to everything else that we've been talking about so those three steps of listen go and talk they seem just at face value like yeah Okay, obviously, yeah. but they're not the things that we're things doing. Are, yeah. Um, so, in the situation that I had with this teen Bryce, if you have a situation like that, where a teen comes to you and asks you for church teaching, and you don't have a pre-established relationship with them, start there. Tell him that you're interested first in him as a person, and take time to get to know him. Begin by getting to know the whole person not just Bryce's thoughts on Mm -hmm. sexuality, and let him get to know you too, not just your thoughts on sexuality. That's one aspect of who we are as human beings, value the whole person Um, and share that with him as well. So that was how I wish I would have handled that situation.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We love each and every one of you very much. Please join us next time as we continue our conversation and talk about family support for LGBTQ plus community and another car rides worth of content.